you, Keith and Grace, for joining us. Um, obviously, you've heard a little bit about me now that we've had some conversations. I've, I've got a background in marketing and um, I'm now working in-house, sort of the corporate side, but I'm still really enjoying getting out, meeting business owners such as yourself. And, you know, entrepreneurial conversations tend to go a little bit differently than ones with your pals in the same arena. So thank you for coming along. And Hannah as well, she's joined us again she was on the last episode with ollie um she's got an hr background i know that you guys had a little chat before but mm-hmm. yeah she offers a really unique perspective and insight into um doing things a little bit differently in the business world so yeah, yeah. And she's got a lovely accent <laughs> <laughs> i love listening i could listen to you talk for days oh my gosh stop <laughs> Where I, on the other hand, you don't, don't have, don't <laughs> you don't have, have an accent. Obviously not. You, you have an accent. I do not have an accent. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Would you believe I'm South African? All right, no. No, yeah. It's funny how it sneaks. Those, uh, I'll hear it eventually. Oh. Yeah, yeah, some words, some words, like off and stuff that comes out, and everyone's like, what? what? Say that again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so... Thank you for joining. And I know you've prepped a little bit of an intro for us. So tell us about you. Tell us about your background. Are you from Perth? So uh, despite my denials, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, (laughs) The journey there is I I grew up in New Jersey, moved to New York City after I left university, lived there for eight years, um, traveled for a while. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's a great place to live in your 20s, but I could clearly say it was not a place to raise kids and not a place to grow old. Um, And so I was kind of traveling, shopping for a home, and I landed in Perth, met the woman who became my wife. I always feel I have to clarify that. So, <laughs> met my no, wife. No, it was not a, one of these child bride kind of things. Oh, my God. <laughs> I met her, and eventually she became my wife. And she's um, not 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's your age. <laughs> yes, yeah. There was nothing weird there. Yeah. Um, yeah, not like the Italian migrants where the woman came off the boat and it's like, oh, my wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> well, what did you say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we lived down in Denmark, down south for, I think, seven years. Oh, and then fun. moved up to Perth. Uh, and we've been here for 20 years now. So, wow. um, yeah, this is home have no desire to play anywhere else in the world. Um, and I'm about to head off to go back to New Jersey for a month to visit with my father, who's not well. So, oh, sorry to hear Yeah, that. big circles of life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to finish answering the question, so the, the project that I'm working on is called the Comfortable Home Project. Mm-hmm. And what we're working to do is to promote passive solar designed houses which I need to take a moment and explain because Mm -hmm. the world of housing has done such a poor job of marketing that nobody knows what this is. Yeah. Okay, before we jump in, sorry, Grace. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to be a voice in the background. um, International woman of mystery. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your role? Um, So... I met Keith when I was working at Bunnings, mm-hmm. and he was a customer because he's also a handyman. Mm-hmm. 
and he said, I would like some free work. And I said... It was much more diplomatic. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but, and I said, I, I don't want to do that. And he said, well, I write a good reference. And eventually I was like, oh, I'll do a little bit. Um, and now we're good mates. <laughs> We've been doing this thing for a long time. Um, I've, my role has changed over the years from, um, like, directly editing and being involved with the strategy. These days I kind of take the backseat and just edit things that I'm sent or... Um, sit in on the meetings and offer like a, a more of a um, public relations point of view um, but it, it's been a, a good uh, constant project um, moving awesome. towards change it's got me uh, really wanting to help people in my job I'm only looking for jobs where I'm gonna help people because um, yeah hearing the stories Cool. And Grace is also the grown-up in the room. Really <laughs> saying to me, you can't say that. Yeah, I'm. I'm always the one that's uh, like. She's the adult. We can't do that. We don't have time, and you know the realist. <laughs> but but I want to be on every podcast, and I want to. I, I want to be on TV. And I'm glad we were deemed worthy for Grace. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Grace. Yeah. Yeah, the Grace nod. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody gets the Grace yeah. nod. And I'm always the one who's going on about funding. He's like, we can do everything with no money. I'm like, we need to get on writing a grant, which we still have to do. But yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that goes to the bottom of the list. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about what your project is. I'm going to start at the beginning, which is telling people what Passive Solar is. Mm -hmm. So Passive Solar is a way of designing a house so that at its most basic, so it's warm in the winter and cool in the summer. The idea is that you use the mass of the house, the floor, the walls, to in winter absorb the heat and then radiate it back out. In summer, it's keeping the heat, the sun out of your house using shading and things. And then also designing your house to be able to open up so that the breeze can come through and cool the house down. Um, what most people are doing these days is they're cooling their house with air conditioning. And although that works, it's really expensive. And it means you're trapping everything that's nasty in the house and then refrigerating. Mm -hmm. the, we've known how to do this effectively since the 1970s. But the people who are doing it are mostly small business owners. And they're operating almost exclusively on word of mouth. And so 90% of the people I talk to have no idea that they could have a house with essentially no energy bills over the life of the house. Wow. The common question I get asked, because, yeah, branding, you know, we refer to the houses as passive solar, which sounds a lot like solar panels. And so everybody says to me, is that like solar panels? <laughs> solar panels are... A, technological solution they're a you know a piece of equipment and all technology will eventually fail the idea of passive solar is it's a design solution it's the way the house is designed its orientation it's how it opens how it's closed mm -hmm. all of those things so that for the life of the home it will continue to work okay so when you say technology will eventually die so you're, you know, I'm, I'm picturing like my kettle that cost 20 bucks at Kmart is going to combust and 
either cause a house fire or just not be usable and therefore I have to replace it and it costs more and etc. So that is, you know, something deal. like a kettle is simple, something like a solar panel, even the solar panels, I think the lifespan on them is, is 25 years. Mm -hmm. So somewhere between 12 and 25 years, that thing's going to die and you're going to need to replace really? it. Really? Yeah. Wow, I thought of it as more of like a permanent a solution. Yeah, no. I mean, it is compared to <laughs> other things, but yeah, it is definitely going to Yeah, yeah. it's going to yeah. outlast your kettle, but... Uh, <laughs> I have a very strong Dad. kettle. Yeah. <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> I would argue it's a band-aid as well. So you're using a solar panel to create power to cool your house or to heat your house, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so the solar panel is making up for bad design. Yeah. Right. It is, you know... The way I like to put it, because this is a question that often is asked on about passive solar, is say, well, why would I spend more to build a house? Because you're, you are going to, first of all, you're paying a designer to design the building for that specific location. And then you're going to put more insulation and things. So there's a, possibly a marginal cost of more expensive than the ordinary house. Yeah, up built. front, for sure. Up front. So people say, well, why would I spend more? I said, well, I ask this question. I love this question. So you come home of an evening and you find that your partner or maybe your teenage son, you guys are young, so you don't have teenagers yet, but your partner has put their gym shoes in the fridge. Sorry? <laughs> are you really upset or are you deeply concerned about them teenage son unsur unsurprised <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Unsurprised. i feel like there was some logic behind <laughs> yeah. yeah probably because they're teenagers they're teenage they were so sweaty so but your partner you come home they put the gym shoes in the fridge you're deeply concerned about them you think they've lost their marbles but that's what we're doing with our houses we're closing them up and then we're refrigerating the air and we're also refrigerating everything in the house that's nasty. The stank. Yeah. The stank. <laughs> that's the technical term. Yeah, is yeah. that your byline, the tagline? Yeah. The stank. Keep out the stank. Yeah, but it's also dust and mildew. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've yeah. got a gas heater in your house, part of what comes out of that gas heater is a bunch of moisture, yeah. which is then trapped in your house, and then it's creating mold and mildew and all those things, which people get sick. So the part of the, you know, the idea of these houses is that you will be much healthier because instead of you're cooling the house by flushing the heat out of the house with the breeze in the afternoon, rather than just cooling down, as Grace so kindly says, the stank. <laughs> I think it's... um. It kind of links to like the indigenous understanding of land as well you know um how high up you are what's happening around you with the weather and then building to suit that mm -hmm. a lot of questions we got as well were can i build like add-on passive solar to my house um you can't yes, <laughs> there are small things you can do that might make a minor difference but it, our main audience are people wanting to build mm. um and it's it's hard because that period between like we want a house and we're going to build one and we've built a house is often quite small where they're like, we've got to make all these decisions. What do we do? There's yeah. too many people talking to us and we're trying to get them at that point, which is really hard. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we're coming in with maybe a, a bit more of a cost and it adds 
complexities to the situation yeah. and they're like everyone's telling me something different just shut up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 it just breaks my heart when i i talk to them so are you thinking of building in the next couple of years oh oh we're building now and i just go yeah, yeah. <laughs> For your listeners, I'm putting on the putty face as I try not to burst into tears. So, yeah, it's like, no, no, I needed to talk to you six months ago, random stranger on the street. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So what the Comfortable Home Project is doing is, is kind of two separate things. One is we've been interviewing people who are living in passive solar houses. And because there's this kind of myth that People who live in houses like this are really rich and are dreadlocked hippies. <laughs> now, all the dreadlocked hippies I know are just as broke as can be, so I don't know how that ties together. But, I mean, most people don't know any dreadlocked hippies, so they just assume. But all of the people we've interviewed are just ordinary, normal people, engineers, academics, radio presenters, who live in a house and they... They just want to live in a house where they're comfortable all the time. Yeah, yeah. So. They've done, you know, maybe a different kind of research into a house, which isn't just, I need a house, I need walls and a roof, and who can do that for me, but is there a better way? Mm-hmm. Which is something that a lot of people don't ask, that we're yeah. trying to make them ask. Yeah. yeah. So then the other side of the website and what we've been doing is, I realized that a lot of people are choosing the peep their builder their building designer their architect whatever based on somebody that just met randomly so they're at the tennis club and they're chatting to somebody and they say what do you do oh i'm a builder oh you're a builder i need a builder would you like to build my house wow yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's so or you know you're on the same footy team or something and so you build a house you use that person. And so we've created a list of service providers. So because again, most of the people who are providing services to this area are small business owners. They're operating almost entirely on word of mouth referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they most of them do no marketing. Yeah, they're hidden gems. Hidden gems, that's a really <laughs> nice way to put it. So, you know, people say, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I, I run a marketing agency without any clients. <laughs> so <laughs> we have this crazy project where we want to change the way Australia builds houses. The service providers, all being small business owners who are already not spending any money on marketing, they're not interested in spending money on marketing, but I don't want to see any more. Well, the, the technical term that I use is shit boxes. <laughs> I don't want to see any more houses where, because every time a new house is built, I know that the people who are buying that house are now doomed. I like that word, doomed <laughs> to a lifetime of high energy costs. It's going to cost them 1500 to $2,000 a year to keep that house at a comfortable temperature. Or they won't. Mm. They'll be like my mother-in-law who lives in a house. She's got an air conditioner in one room, which she never turns on because she doesn't want to spend the money on the electricity. Okay. So she freezes instead and you know walks around like the Michelin man. <laughs> or the, the, yeah, <laughs> so the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I can relate to that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
that's what most people are doing. If you're in a rental unit, it's like, oh, oh. no air conditioning and mm. no heating or maybe a heater in one room. Yeah. And it's like, oh, can we stop living like this? Yeah, what is it? Every time someone buys a regular house, Keith loses his wings. <laughs> <laughs> one prayer. One like equals one prayer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it. Exactly. I've lost my wings so many times. Mm. Yes. I, uh, I think it's interesting because I came in and obviously was like, well, we need to make money somehow if we want to be a business. Um, and that was a problem that we had because all we started doing was education. Mm -hmm. uh, so we came up with the idea of the service provider directory, um, which is basically a section on our website where we introduce people, we've got a video talking about what their service is and it, all these people uh, are in the eco-housing industry. Um, and eventually, yeah, we're looking at monetizing that um, and cool. having like a referral service. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I was going to say, in this day and age and building, like just after all these grants have gone through and we've had this building sort of boom, is it practical to look at building homes in this sustainable way when most of our housing in Perth now and in WA the wider I suspect as we elongate up and <laughs> down the coast and even then go a little bit you know we're expanding into the east as well those housing blocks are really close together and you've got like one point of entry typically which mm. is the front of the house the entry maybe a courtyard or something at the back but not that it's not designed for that sustainable flow of like even air, let alone temperature, like... So I was in a house, Sustainable House Day is kind of one of the events that happens through the year, and I went to a house in Hilton. It's the back block, very small house. I, I don't know how big it was. I just dropped in there. And it was the first hot day of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always late September. It's that first day, it's like 30 degrees. We're standing outside... And I say to the guy, well, why don't we step inside? I'm talking to the homeowner. We step inside. Temperature drops by 10 degrees, just stepping from being out in the sun to being inside. Mm -hmm. And I feel this breeze, this like gale blowing down my neck. <laughs> breeze, gale, same, same thing. <laughs> okay, so as an American, I tend to exaggerate. <laughs> Yeah. No, it really was a gale and it was cold. I was knocked from my feet, <laughs> went flying. Yeah, and I'm just thinking... Yeah, I was traumatized. And I'm thinking, this fucker. He calls this a sustainable house, but he's got a fucking air conditioner going. And I turn around, and there isn't one. It's the front door. And there's no breeze. Outside, out on the road... There's no breeze. It's absolutely still day. But the way the house has been designed with where the front door is positioned and then the front door, which is a narrow opening mm -hmm. going, and then they've got big sliding doors, so you have this kind of narrow opening. Yeah. I'm trying to make gestures for radio. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Just follow the screechy noises as my fingers drag on the desktop. Um, and then the big, the double door sliding doors, because narrow space, mm. big wide space, yeah. mm. creates basically a vacuum in the house. Mm -hmm. And then I spoke to Griff Morris from Solar Dwellings, who was the designer of it, this house. And he said, oh, yeah, we shaped the roof in a way that created an airfoil. Oh, wow. 
And that's so interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. It works. So there are things that you can do. It's not hiring a bunch of people to just blow out really strongly yeah. for <laughs> a consistent amount of time. Maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah, there wasn't it's someone. Like Gail on your neck. Was just yeah. Jim and the lads. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there is always a question on so renovations, existing blocks of can the house... A number of the interviews I've done have been in houses where it was a renovation, where it was a change, an addition put on the back. Um, one of the interviews is a woman named Sharon. She just said they had like a 60s house and then they added this addition on the back. She said, we just live in the addition wow. because it's just comfortable to be in there all the time. They sleep in the bedrooms in the, the older half of the house. There are some houses where the renovations are not going to be possible. I've, I've got some friends that went to their house, and their house is built perfectly backwards. So the, the ideal thing you want in terms of orientation is an east-west block mm -hmm. with an opening to the north, because the sun is to the north here, because we're in the southern hemisphere. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've got listeners in... <laughs> foreign parts but there is there is an odd person in america canada somewhere yeah so there? it's the opposite with them and it <laughs> no. gets so confusing so i'm just clarifying yeah um so this house they put the garage down the northern side so you want in the winter to get the northern sun in right. to warm up the house what did the builder do they put the garage all the way down the northern side of the house so that house is now perfectly insulated with four meters probably six meters of air gap mm. preventing any warming to happen yeah right in yeah. so the only way a house like that the only way you could turn that into a passive solar house is to knock it down and start again because yeah. it was so badly built right or so badly designed because yeah. the builder just came in and went right you get a Cape Cod, and that fits on that block there, and we build it this way, with no thought whatsoever to yeah. where the sun is. <clears throat> yeah. Except in that house, and I love this, there is down that northern side, there is a recess with the large screen TV in it. Hmm. So, in the winter, the only friend in the house because i think of the large screen tv as a friend <laughs> the large screen tv will be comfortable and warm because it's in this recess on the northern side of the house everyone else who lives in this house is going to freeze yeah, yeah. and then boil in the summer because <laughs> wow. there are no windows there's nothing that opens here in the summer the Breeze, the famous Fremantle doctor, mm -hmm. comes out of the southwest in the summer. Generally, yeah. Yeah. there is nothing that opens to the southwest on this house. Wow. So it is built perfectly backwards. There is no way to get any air into that. You just need to pick it up and turn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just flip it yeah. over. And there's, there's a house somewhere in Europe that's been built. It's actually been built upside down, so it looks like it's sitting on its roof. Oh my gosh. Okay. That would yeah. work. Yeah. 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 So that's what they're doing in the upside down. That, that TV show. <laughs> yeah, strange things. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Stranger cool. houses. That was a really long-winded answer, which I don't know if I even answered your question. So yes, I do yeah, that a lot. Yes and no, I suppose, was the answer there, whether or not it's practical to build. So it's you either 
demolish and restart, renovate and at least try and save, salvage what you've got or when you're a new builder. Yeah, in a new build, again, it's, you know, it's the question of the orientation of the block. Uh, you know, ideally you want a house. I, I went in, I was working on a house. It was a two-story, which was really a three-story because they'd done really tall floors, fake French provincial. Wow. So they, in Hilton, I was working there. I looked over to the house on the next door side and this house completely shaded that house. So that was built, clearly built as a passive solar house. Mm -hmm. Probably there was a 50s house because it was Hilton there. They came in, demolished it, built this fake French provincial and those people will never get any sunlight ever again. So ideally what you want to look for is a block of land where along that northern side mm. you can't you know somebody isn't going to come in and build a three-story I'm trying to think of words. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower basically. Yeah, yeah yeah so but again there's always compromises and if the design has been designed with these thoughts in mind then you can work with it. Yeah. You know, it's nice if you can go and find the perfect block. Like my friends with that house, they had the perfect block. Yeah. yeah. But the builder didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they shall not be named. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know who the builder is, but yeah, they need to be hurt. <laughs> not that I have strong feelings about yeah, this. Yeah, obviously yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah. Very chilled out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So, you know, what your listeners will get is that I'm very passionate. And what I'm really passionate about is people being in houses that don't have high energy bills, that are comfortable to be in, and that are healthy to be in. And that we can build in this way. And then, you know, what I want to see is that the sector, the housing, this part of the housing sector, which is a really tiny little niche actually grows and is able to compete with the um, you know the bigger players who are making their money on volume rather than on good design yeah yeah right Absolutely. Uh, what have been your like biggest challenge that you've faced so far would you say I love this question because I I came up with an answer. I I discovered the answer and the solution to it in the last year. So this is it. So my biggest challenge in in growing this was the fact that I don't have any qualifications that say that I'm allowed to talk about. So some really (laughs) great. Some really (laughs) heavy. Have to go at the front. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do that. So, you know, imposter syndrome, people say to me, you know, are you an architect? No. Are you a builder? No. And then I figured it out. So, you know, I was always like, "Mm, can I really talk about this? Actually, yes, I can, because I've been in a bunch of these houses. And, you know, it's the people telling their own stories. And then it occurred to me, so how I make my living, what pays the bills is I work as a handyman. And in the last six years, I've been in something like 800 to 1,000 houses. So I am now the Australia-wide expert on how not 
to do housing because yeah. I've yeah. seen a thousand examples of how <laughs> not to do housing. Yeah. Um, I bestowed onto myself a PhD in houseology. <laughs> and once I had that realization, the imposter syndrome just kind of dropped away. So that's, yeah. that really yeah, has been yeah. my biggest yeah. challenge, which really only, you know, I've been doing this for four years now. And it's that last 12 months, it was just like, yeah, I know a lot about. So there are people who are experts in this area and they can tell you how to design your house they can go into the details but most of them are doing a really bad job of marketing they're Um, either talking about housing you know the whole kind of echo housing sustainable housing green housing Mm. what they tell most ordinary people is that the house is going to be twice as expensive and half as good Mm-hmm. Because it's like it's green. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone who can't see, those jazz hands came out. Yeah, the jazz <laughs> hands. It's green. It, it's green. <laughs> and so, you know, that's why it's called the Comfortable Home Project, not the, you know, echo housey yeah, thingy. Yeah, sustainable, green. Echo. Good buzzwords, but not. Yeah, yeah. But, but they've taken on a meaning as buzzwords twice as expensive yeah. and half as good. Absolutely, yeah. And so I've, you know, I've been teaching myself marketing mm-hmm. for the last four years because... Oh, I it's can, ever-growing. Yeah. Okay. Huge constantly. Topic. Yeah. And looking at how... So the biggest challenge has been how to talk about this and then how to get everyone else to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because anytime anybody uses the word sustainable, I just wince. Because mm-hmm. it, it actually has such negative connotations. So, again, you know, biggest challenge, yeah. aside from imposter syndrome, has been changing the way the industry talks about what it is we do. Okay. Have you been in collaboration with many, like, more so, like, experts who have, like, I guess... Accreditations. Yeah. Yeah, qualifications. Yeah, Yeah. qualifications, (laughs) but I don't want to knock your... uh, (laughs) Um, Why should we trust you, essentially? (laughs) Yeah, why should you trust me? So, you know, don't trust me. I wouldn't. The uh, the, the answer... So, yes. Yes. You know, so part of what we're doing... um, I've done a couple of things with... I think we're starting to do that more. I've done some Mm. stuff with Griff Morris from Solar Dwellings. Um went to uh, the home show uh, back in, what was that, April or something, with Renew, which is the organization that runs Sustainable House Day. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the hard thing is getting getting them to think differently. Yeah, that's, okay. a, you know, again, that's the challenge is let's stop calling it Sustainable House Day. Mm. Let's call it Comfortable house yeah. day. Yes, it is hard that. to get out of that mindset, I bet, though. Yeah. It, it is a buzzword, so, you know, and also if people want to apply a bit more money to it, then it's uh, it is a way of doing that. But yeah. absolutely, yeah, if it doesn't follow the actual trend of what it's supposed to be. So one of the questions I ask in, you know, so the average person spends 1500 to $2,000 a year on energy costs in their home. 
Unless they're just freezing. And what's <laughs> well, your mother in law? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you were living in a house where you were spending that money on energy and then you suddenly didn't have to, what would you spend fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a year on? <laughs> where to begin on the list <laughs> and it's important as a caveat for all of your listeners to say don't lie because I know you're going to tell me that you would just pay off your mortgage more quickly and we know that no, isn't true don't, yeah. don't even no, bother it's not no. enough to make it worthwhile I can see you on web, webjet.com stop that <laughs> yeah, yeah. so travel is that yeah. what it's going to be when we can travel again oh yeah, yeah. Hannah, fifteen hundred. Oh, absolutely, to... travel. Yeah, top yeah. of my list. Yeah, yeah. yeah Get me yeah. out of here. <laughs> I want to build a comfortable home on the top of some alpine district in the middle of nowhere. So no tourists. Thank you very much. Um, no neighbors, mountains, and forest, um, but ocean like at a. A helicopter's distance because obviously nice. I'll have one of those as well. Um, I know they cost more than two grand. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're like stretching <laughs> thin here. You can the probably get one just... on Gumtree <laughs> for not much more than that. Well, how many years are we saving two grand, 1500 yeah, So year, the average yeah, house, the average lifespan of a house is 25 years. Mm. And I haven't even got a house now. <laughs> 25 years time. Last longer than your kettle, though. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. But, you know, that's the thing. What people are tending... So people say to me, well, but people move all the time. I'm like, not when they live in a passive solar house. There's a um, real estate agent here in Perth, Kira Pacifica, I think is her name, who specializes in selling passive solar houses where for some reason, somebody has had to sell, you know, like a family mm. breakdown, uh, death in the family kind of thing. And mm. they just don't come up for sale. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know. Yeah, her list of, um, you know, they always have that list of contacts of people you've recently sold to, check again in two to five years, yeah. resell to them because they're on the move, but not her. She would have a one-time list, a one-use list only. Yeah. <laughs> Because nobody, nobody sells, you know, unless they don't sell to move to another house just because they're tired of the house they're in. It's like, I'm just comfortable all the time. Why would I leave? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love a little underground house. Bunker. That I never leave. Why? <laughs> yeah. When you say it like that, it's very like Kimmy no, no, Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. My wife has said no, but I'm a big fan of the house built into a teep, steep hillside yeah. with just a window. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 that's that me. Incredible. But you know, I'm more of a night person, so I actually don't need windows. Windows just let in light, and that wakes me <laughs> oh up. Oh, my God. So. I, I rely so Well, thank you for that. coming today. This We'll get rid of the windows next time. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, thanks. I, yeah, well, it is 2.30 you know, well in the afternoon, <laughs> yeah. so I think I can take a little daylight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How gracious of you. <laughs> and I'm not a complete bound vampire. <laughs> okay. I'm just referring to the questions because you've gotten such great answers to them. Um, I had a question actually with the target audience that you um, aim your marketing towards. Uh, I assume it's like first home builders, but not first home. Well, that's a really weird thing. And I think that comes down to our failure 
in marketing, and I mean the, the I wasn't going to use this word, but the sustainable house niche, because the principal people who are building these houses are older people who are looking at a second home. Mm-hmm. So not a second home as in they've sold the family home, they're downsizing, or they're, you know, or a family breakdown where they're separating, and now a person who is building a new house, they are, they're the ones who are buying these houses. I would really like to see a lot more first, you know, the young couples, because it, it's the, but the young couples are mostly shopping completely on price, so they're looking at what's the least amount of money I can spend on a house. Mm-hmm. And because that's what the marketing of the, the volume builders is. Get yourself into the housing market. Mm-hmm. And it's... So one of the things that I'm really interested in is cultural change. This is a long-winded answer, all of mine are. <laughs> Our culture around housing has been housing as an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You buy the house and eventually you sell it at tremendous profit. <laughs> and that's a crazy way to think about our homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what we what I want people to do is think about a house that is designed in a way that it facilitates community, that mm-hmm. it creates a space where people come together easily that it's healthy to live in and that you're comfortable in. But when we think of a house which you are going to sell, do I have to sing again when I say for tremendous profit? I'll go on. At <laughs> tremendous profit. Um, that, that was really <laughs> That's going in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> that we... Sorry, I've lost you. Tremendous profit. Sorry. Tremendous profit. So the house can be built as badly as Mm. because it's just let's make it as cheap as possible Mm -hmm. because it's that buy low, sell high kind Mm. of Mm. mentality rather than think about. So a lot of what I'm thinking about is how do we create cultural change where the community as a whole thinks differently about what their the purpose of their house is. Mm-hmm. Can I tell another story? Yeah, go on. Okay, so there's an idea which came up recently in in a talk I was listening to called the Dorman Fallacy. So you've got a big hotel, and they've got a Dorman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the kind of places where you hang out, they all have Dorman, don't they? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. And Jeeves. Jeeves, yes. My good friend, Jeeves. Yeah. And, and then a bean counter comes on to the you know, corporate body and says, why are we spending $60,000 to pay this doorman? We can install an automatic door for $2,000 and it will open the door. You oh. said, you said bean counter, and I was like, "Where is this going? Is there going to be a beanstalk?" <laughs> <laughs> the doorman, my doorman is the giant. Yes, that's it. And now okay. I realize what you meant. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> It's not nice to make fun of me because I speak English as a second language. <laughs> so, if you think of 
the doorman is just as a guy who opens the door. Mm-hmm. But a doorman at a in a you know is so much more. Mm, the doorman is that's beautiful. Is <laughs> is the person that welcomes people in. He helps you carry your bags. Yeah. He scratches your dog. Let's hope not. Put your mind out of the gutter. You really do have the right kind of building, don't you? Just, I thought he was going to scratch the car. I went completely pessimistic. He oh. was going to scratch your car, take your bags out, and throw them at the back. You are obviously in the wrong We're kind of building. We're on different pages. Back to you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yes. And security. In a well-designed house. Uh-huh. Is similar. People, what the culture has created is that we think of our houses as a roof that keeps the rain off. And mm-hmm. that's it. Shelter. Shelter. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, if you look at the quiet quality of a lot of the houses that are building here, it's barely shelter. Yeah. It's, it keeps the <clears> rain <throat> off, but it doesn't actually keep you warm in the winter yeah. or cool in the summer. Yeah. But a house, a well designed house, actually creates that space that brings people together. Yeah. It keeps you healthy. Mm-hmm. It keeps you warm in the winter and cool in the summer. All those things. And that's what we need to expect from our housing. So what about the solutions that are coming out now that are technologically um, based? So those aircon companies that, you know, you've already got a house built um, if you just rewire it with this smart system that will control the heating, the lighting, the security, your garage door, some, you know, washing machines, you can like set it to turn on when you get there, open the door for the dog, that sort of thing. That's already happening now. So why, why rebuild or why choose a sustainable way of building from the ground up when you can have an aesthetically pleasing house and just install a smart system? The, you know, the smart systems are cool. You know, yeah, it, it can come home and I like the house dark when mm. I walk in and my wife likes it bright. So it, you know, senses <laughs> the chip on her phone and <laughs> like yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes all the lights purple because she's an artist and she likes cool colors and uh-huh. things, you know. Yeah, it can do all those things. Mm. But there's around 18,000 new houses built in Perth every year and all those new houses could be built so that they're comfortable to live in. Mm. So then again saving on the costs, right? The, saving on yeah. the cost that they keep your family healthy to be, you know, to live in them. And if a house is well designed, it also then facilitates connection. So if you drive up through the northern suburbs, um a, a I've heard two phrases. I like phrases, you may have noticed. <laughs> One is cemeteries for the living, and the other is file cabinets for the living. So what happens in those houses is that you drive up to the front of the house, you press the button on your automatic garage door opener, or if it's a smart home, it senses the, the proximity of your phone and opens the door, and you drive in, and then you get out of your car, and you go inside and you never see your neighbors. And the biggest disease that is affecting all of the developed world right now is social disconnection, social Mm. isolation. Mm. So 
a well-designed house actually creates a feeling of connection with your neighbors mm -hmm. right. rather than disconnection. That's another one of those dormant fallacy aspects of housing design is mm -hmm. creating housing that connects people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the smart home is cool, but it doesn't facilitate connection with your neighbors. Yeah. I mean, some people would prefer that, but in terms of like necessity, there, yeah, there. You know, there are people that went through COVID. The the COVID shutdown was the greatest thing that ever happened to them because <laughs> they could <laughs> actually legitimately never leave their house. But that's actually those are the outliers. Mm. You know, I'm a bit like that. Mm. As as much of an extrovert as I am, I can go long periods of time without human interaction. That's cool. But the majority of the people are telling researchers that social disconnection, feeling isolated, is their biggest issue mm -hmm. and our housing is making that worse. Right. All right, okay. Cool. I so mean, I guess you could almost have both the smart house aspects with that comfortable living the yeah, majority, that's, that's and then you can still have your purple lights going off. <laughs> yeah, it, it, those yeah. those kind of things are just they're just cool things, but mm. they're not actually a solution to the problem mm. that the majority of the population. It's deals a good answer. With. Yeah, like band aid you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. So, where can people find out more about your project online? So. We have a website, mm -hmm. The Comfortable Home Project. Uh, you'll do show notes or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So it's thecomfortableholmeproject.com.au because uh, we're not in America, um, <laughs> in spite of despite the accent that it. I don't have. <laughs> I was going to say, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we, we have a Facebook page of the same name. And we have a YouTube channel where cool. a lot of the videos are I'm trying to hit all of those, all the comfortable home projects. So we're pretty easy to find. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm also crazy active on LinkedIn. Mm. So if there are people, your listeners who want to have a conversation, if they're the kind of wackos that actually enjoy sitting down and talking about marketing, they should look me up. Because <laughs> talking about a marketing campaign is actually my idea of fun. So amazing. Yeah, yeah. As she backs away from me. <laughs> amazing. I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> no, yeah. Thank you so much. That was a really good perspective. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah we had a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you Learned joined a lot, us. Actually, yeah. 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 Well, that's, you know, that is really the thing here is that, you know, I spent three days at the home show. I probably talked to a hundred people that Jeez. day wow. yeah. you know, over that time. Yeah. And none of them knew what passive solo, you know, there was, there were like two or three people out of there. And that just tells me that we've just got to get it's really better. Work. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you enjoyed that one, make sure you share it across your networks. We'll see you back here for the next episode.